Hello, and welcome to your spiritual journey. Right now, your soul is speaking to you. I'm Jenny Israel, and I'm a medical intuitive, energy healer, spiritual activator, counselor, and teacher. It is my mission to help you learn the tools you need to heal your life and discover your deeper purpose. In each episode, I will allow spirit to speak through me, and we will explore energy forecasting, teach you how to raise your vibration for overall wellness, increase your emotional intelligence to open up joy in your life, and guide you into spiritual evolution using topics such as energy healing, emotion code, sacred geometry, numerology, tarot, crystals, channeling, and much more. Take a deep inhale, let it out, and listen to your soul speak to you. Hey everybody, you are here with me, Jenny Israel on Soul Speak for your May energy forecast. And this is going to be a a pretty deep one. (laughs) So what makes this month, I think the most interesting is that we've got all the eclipse energy inside of May. And it has so much purpose in it. And it is on every, it's hitting us on every level. So this is a really, what I would consider a very multi-dimensional month where we have a lot of timelines coming at us kind of all at the same time. We have simultaneous um, manifestation happening. Our telepathy is like on point right now. Um, the conversation between ourselves, God, and the universe is like happening in real time. It's just a really, really interesting point in our existence. Um, and I think that it's first and foremost, it's just a really good reminder of why we're here. And in really difficult times, I think we tend to question that. I know I have. Um, as far as that big existential question of um, why am I here? What does this all mean? Why is this so hard? <laughs> um, but the the big truth is, is that we all incarnated here together in this exact moment um, for this. And so um, I'm going to start by introducing the decks that I'm going to be using today. Um, I've got them lined up back here. Um, The most fun is um, not just because it's new, uh, but because of the fact that the timing of receiving this new deck that I'm going to be using uh, works into kind of the timing of the synchronicities of the the season of healing that we're in, um, kind of ruled by this eclipse energy. And, you know, as we are, we're now in this eclipse season Uh, solidly with Taurus in our North node and Scorpio in our South node, as you know, we started into this energy in the fall um, with the last eclipse season, which started right at the end of October around Halloween um, and carried us into the beginning of December. Um, So we are asked to kind of time travel right now um, with the issues that are coming up that we're revisiting because there's a lot of answers to the beginning of this cycle back in October, November, December. Okay. So what's interesting about this new deck that I'm going to be using, which is 
the Alice in Wonderland Disney tarot um, deck. Uh, Alice is one of, that's my favorite movie of all time um, of Disney. Um, you will often hear me reference going down the rabbit hole um, with the nature of the work um, that we do in our you know spiritual journeys. But this was a gift from my husband, a Christmas gift um, from my husband that was ordered during the last solar eclipse. And it was a new thing that was, it was basically a pre-order, which I don't think he realized at the time, um, but it just arrived like a day ago and, or like two days ago, which is fun um, because this video is being recorded on the 28th of April. And we are two days away from our solar eclipse, but we're already in the energy of it. Okay. So the fact that it was ordered on the last one and arrived on this one, um, and that we are, we are going down the rabbit hole today for this energy forecast for May. Um, and so I couldn't think of a better deck to use. So we're going to use the new Alice deck. Um, I also am using a, a deck, um, by Melissa Salvaggio, um, when my soul whispered a little, a cute little Oracle deck. That's, um, this is my little spirit totem here, the B and Robbie Kern's guidance from gratitude beer and Oracle deck. So this is what we're going to be working with. All right. So I already started to touch on some of the eclipse energy. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, there is something I'm actually going to read to you, uh, from an article that I found, um, because I am not an astrologer. I always have my own energy that comes in around a season and it always lines up with astrology. So astrology is one of my favorite ways to validate messages that are coming through, um, how God is moving me in my life, how I'm feeling inside and the opportunities for growth and learning that are coming my way. So from the eclipse perspective, we are, we are ruled by the, the North node and South node inside of the chart. Okay. So how the eclipse will affect you personally, you would need to go have a reading with your favorite astrologer to really get a, a deep dive on that. But in general, there's a course of like 18 months where we're inside of a particular eclipse energy that is ruled by whatever sign is in the North node and whatever sign is in the South node and the relationship between those two things. Now coming into 2022 inside of this new eclipse energy also was influenced by the massive Pluto retrograde energy that we had coming in this year, because it was considered for the United States in particular, our Pluto return. So that means that we have a lot of historical stuff coming up and it's big time historical stuff. So this, this, we've already, we're already in it. So the eclipse energy started coming in over the course of the last like week and a half or so. Okay. So we've already started moving inside of it as we move into, because for those of you who follow astrology, you, you have to remember that, yes, there is always an event day, like when, when uh, an astrological event is occurring, but there's always a pre and a post phase. So we come into that energy before the actual dated event on the calendar. So we're, we're already moving inside of this. And for any of you who are in touch with this kind of, um, 
way of, of looking at energy through astrology, you probably have already started to see these connections. Um, and if you haven't, that would be a really good thing for you to do. Sit down, go back to journal entries starting around Halloween and just kind of take yourself through the course of that eclipse season, which I believe ended like the first week of December, um, or second week of December. Um, so in any case, uh, there's other planetary stuff, obviously that plays in and affects, um, the energy of the eclipses. Um, but I'm not going to get into all of that. Like I said, go find your favorite astrologer. So what I am going to do though, is I'm going to read you this article that I found. So generally speaking, the North node is our, our destiny. Okay. It's the new mastery that we're coming into with this life, the thing that we are going toward. So it's the things we're learning, the things we're attempting to achieve those, the, the, the things we seek the higher purpose, right? And then the South node is kind of where we've been. It talks about those plans we came in with, like the, the prior karma, previous successes, previous mastery that we brought in with us to go into a completion, a cycle of completion with, or maybe some of the things we, we didn't achieve the last time we kind of brought those in to finish it up. Okay. But these are the things that we actually are already like they're inherent gifts, latent gifts, talents, those things that we seem to not really have to try at. Um, for example, like when we're talking about this kind of stuff, if I'm talking to someone who doesn't have this as like an inherent gift or talent, a lot of the things that I'll say will just kind of go right over their head. And I forget that because this is just a language for me an easy language for me, but it's part of my self note, right? It's part of what I brought in with me. So it's, kind of autopilot, a bit unconscious, meaning I don't have to try too hard. It just comes, right? So we all have those areas of life and those are our genius zones, okay? So in those genius zones, we're supposed to access that wisdom in order to help us get to into the new roadmap towards our North node, which is the next level of our destiny, the next purpose, the next path of self-mastery, okay? So inside of that, we bring in the personality of Taurus and Scorpio. And that's what I want to read to you. From January, 2022 through much of July, 2023, the North node moves through Taurus with the South in Scorpio. Taurus is the sign of ownership, self-worth and individual value, the sign of form and embodiment through pleasure and earthly things. The bull rules the Apollonian discourse in which we can design our own aesthetic and symbolic meaning. Scorpio burns away the self and plunges it into the abyss, into the Dionysian animalistic and transformational truths, a sign tuned into the primordial powers and relationships which define us. As the United States hits its Pluto return, a culmination of years of exhumed abuses, many of us are reckoning with our own histories of power hierarchies, gaslighting, and waking up from the matrix. Since the bombshell exposure of Harvey Weinstein, when Jupiter entered Scorpio in 2017, we have watched as buried, silenced atrocities have been brought to light from sexual violation at the hands of Supreme Court judges to widespread police brutality. This awakening, as it were, is the work of Scorpio, the snake in the Garden of Eden sent to deliver us to truth, no matter how ugly. 
As the North Node progresses into Taurus, however, we are invited to regroup from the devastation. Scorpio in its ruling planets, Mars and Pluto, fulfill the necessary karmic work of destruction. Venus, the ruler of Taurus, is the effigy of fertility. It's time to put the pieces together and create something new. Now, if you remember in my previous months, we talk about this a lot. In fact, I came into 2022 talking about this. It was even inside of my own personal transformational work. It was something that I asked for inside of this year. I asked to be made new. I asked for complete and total renewal. And inside of that, sustained alignment, meaning I wanted to be made new and find that thing that I could align with that would have a sense of permanence to it, something sustainable, something that I could move inside of continuously, not something that's brief, temporary, only manifest for a short time. And then I'm reinventing myself again, right? It it was a desire for something more sustainable. So we've got this energy of this, the, the North node, South node, very much stimulating this desire that's coming up within us anyway, right? But this is validating that. How do you wish to shape your identity, your sense of value? The Taurus North Node acts as a referendum to the dominating belief that the world is doomed. Instead, it asks us to focus on building it back up again, starting with our personal domain. How do you want to earn money? What are you worth? What are your standards of emotional and physical integrity? So you have to remember that Taurus deals with very earthly matters. It's about manifestation of earthly things. So the energy of that is very physical, right? But it does also pair the emotional to it because it's a deep sense of purpose, right? And desire that moves us forward and helps us manifest into the earthly realm. The first eclipse wave goes down with a partial new moon solar eclipse in Taurus on April 30th. That's two days from now, the day that I'm actually recording this video. And a full moon total lunar eclipse in Scorpio on May 16th. These two will crack open any final seals in your personal hellmouth and reveal the ways you've brought in familial workplace, social, or romantic hierarchies of power. Any score long kept by the body or otherwise is meant to come to the surface and correct the imbalances in your self-worth. Now, remember the focus inside of Taurus being very earthly and physical. So it has a lot to do with our physical form, our body. So this also points to our DNA, which is why it's saying familial. So we talk about this a lot about the breaking of generational curses, right? Like the ancestral healing, meaning that you aren't just healing things from your own experiences. You are healing vibrations that have been passed down through your bloodline, through the DNA. And this is where, and, and this kind of wraps into humanity as a whole, because we're all kind of coming from the same gene pools, right? Like in one way or another. So we're all trying to attempt to purge the same brokenness inside and those wounds inside of our DNA on a collective level, but it's also specific to you. And, you know, these illnesses of power that are inside of your own family line. Uh, The second round will then arrive in the fall, October 25th, a new moon partial solar eclipse in Scorpio, and then November 8th with a full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus. So cleanse, confront, and chart a course ahead. There is no one standing between you and your power anymore. So we have talked about this where there is this 
uh, stimulation of the old toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, the things that uh, create an imbalance of power. We've been working through this systematically for a very long time now. Okay. Um, but this particular cycle that we're in right now has a profound sense of culmination resolution. It's like where we really start to dig into the meat of this and in, in our personal lives, right? So because each of us is important in the collective, because each of us is a thread in this tapestry. So each of us has to look at our own stuff, take responsibility for it and start moving through it in a healthy way. And so my feeling about this particular season of healing was that we were very much accessing a very deep wound around abandonment. And so you may be seeing cycles of this um, or energies of this coming up, but it is something that we have to look very deeply at because it's, it's pretty insidious and systemic in our lives, how we show up for ourselves. It's a very important question to ask, not just how you have been abandoned in your life inside of relationships or, or relational settings, but how do you abandon yourself every day? What kinds of patterns mentally, emotionally, and behaviorally, meaning you're acting it out, are you not showing up for yourself? So that's what that means. When we, when we say show up for yourself, it means to start to break down and look at the ways that you are abandoning yourself. And how do you abandon yourself? This is where you are going against your own values. You are doing things that are out of alignment with who you are and what you know to be right for you where you are not in alignment with your own truth, where you're pretending to be something else, or you are, are speaking to appease. It's like, how, how do we act in codependent ways in order to please others instead of being true to ourselves? So this is how we abandon ourselves. So if you know it to be true for you, that you, part of your love language based on your own wounds is that you desire acknowledgement and validation, which means you want to be heard. You want to be seen. You want to feel that and, and that you, you feel valued and you feel worthy inside of relationships and in and settings that you're in by being seen and being heard. And a lot of us feel seen and feel heard through acknowledgement and validation, right? This is not a, a thing to be ashamed of. It is a very human thing to need. And so if you know this about yourself, yet you continue to choose to put yourself in a backseat, put yourself backstage, you're pushing others forward in front of you. You're worrying more about other people and what they're doing than yourself. You're more worried about what other people think about you than how you feel and think about yourself. You know, these are things that we need to become much more conscious of because we don't realize it often because they're part of our survival techniques. It's part of our central nervous system, right? It's like we have these behaviors that are ingrained in us based on our central nervous system programming on how we defend and protect ourselves, right? And so we don't even realize sometimes that 
We desire to be visible, yet we have all of these behaviors that actually make us invisible, right? So these are the things that we need to really start to look at first, because if we can identify how we're abandoning ourselves, then we can actually see how we played this out in our relationships and potentially why we've attracted in people, events, situations that then bring that to life, right? The self-fulfilling prophecy. So we may attract others with similar wounds that will abandon us because they don't know how to show up for us, right? And we haven't given them a reason to because we are codependent (laughs) and we say, I'll do it all. I'll do it for me and you, right? Like you don't have to show up because I'm going to do it. Because as long as I am doing it and I'm doing it my way, then I'm in control and that feels safe. But at the same time, you're cheating yourself and cheating that other person from having to show up for you and for themselves, right? So ultimately, we play this stuff out inside of our work, inside of our families, inside of our marriages and our partnerships and our friendships with our kids. You know, it, it, it all, it's how we do anything is how we do everything. Okay. And so the more we can dig into our abandonment issues, the more we will start to identify where our toxic power struggles are in our lives. Meaning, how are you, if you're abandoning yourself, then you are taking your own power away and giving it to someone else. Okay. And inside of that, that is an imbalance of power. It is a toxic power relationship. So we are purging this from like systemically in our collective, all right? We are, we're purging this out. So a lot of the things we're seeing come to the surface, like just those couple of things that the article mentioned, but other things too, where we're seeing people in power that have done things that are not integrous, becoming visible, being called out, getting sentenced. I mean, there's actual legal things that are finally happening for you know politicians and things that have done things that are not okay because they're not gonna be protected in this new energy, right? My son watches these videos called Dharman videos and it is about Dharma, right? Like the, the, the deep purpose in life, the goodness. Um, and one of the things that's said in almost every single video, it's very repetitive, is things that happen in the dark will always come to light, right? And so this is what's happening right now. The things that happened inside of old toxic power struggles are now coming out to be cleansed and balanced. So we can see that it doesn't matter what position of power you hold, you are not above God's law, right? And goodness will prevail in one way or another. So we're, we're getting to see this a lot. And, and there's a new theme that's coming to the surface, which is really interesting. And this is, we started our, our, cycle of, of healing the divine masculine really, really started to become visible last year. And with that, we need to be able to purge not only toxic masculinity, but we also need to recognize where balanced divine masculine energy, meaning emotional vulnerable, like the, what we desire to have nurturing the nurturing father, right? Like that kind of energy. We, we need to be able to purge the 
the toxic feminine energy as well. So we're seeing some female abusers come to light right now. And where the men that are in these relationships are finally being vindicated, right? Because they were in like this whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing, right? Like how many years, and I'm not saying that he's not touched too. I mean, I think they're, they're crazies, you know, like there were, there were common wounds that brought the two together. Right. But despite that, the fact that we have something so visible and so mainstream that actually shows a female abuser is really important because we have to think about the fact that what man is going to come forward when they have a female abuser gaslighting them every single day and putting another persona out front, no one's going to believe him because he's a man, right? No one's going to believe that he's being abused by the woman. And so I think this is, this is an important balance that's coming forward. You know, it's like, we know when there's paradox things happening that we've hit something good where it's like the meat on the bone. And that's, that's what we've gotten to. And so this month we're looking at these, these things happening on a grand scale, right? Like really important things. And I also want to mention that the timing of all of this, you know, for those of you who and you don't have to be Christian to follow the story of Jesus, right? But when we look at Easter Sunday to the following Sunday, where he appears to the disciples after he was risen, the risen Christ, right? He, he comes forward to the disciples. And, and this, is, this time period is most well known for the doubting Thomas, right? Because he has to come back twice, <laughs> because Thomas was missed out the first time. And when, you know, all of his buddies showed up and was like, you know, Jesus, the Lord came to us and, and we knew it was him because he showed us the wounds. And, and Thomas was like, well, I'm not going to believe it until I see it myself. And so of course, you know, Christ comes again to Thomas and, and invites him to touch the wounds in order to have a moment of belief. And one of the things that I find important in this is the fact that the recognizing attribute of the risen Christ, because it says in scripture that when you become whole in, in God's image, the way that Jesus did in his resurrection, you don't look the same that you did in human form because God's image of you doesn't look exactly. It's like you're, you are perfect, right? And so he might not have been recognizable to those that followed him, but it was the marks that they could identify him, right? And so these are marks of love. And for those of you who have seen the movie, The Shack, or have read the book, there is one of my favorite lines is love always leaves a mark. And it's where the actress that plays God in that movie shows the main character, the, the crucifixion scars that are on her body. Okay. And it's because it was her son that did that. But it, the, the idea was that everything that we go through leaves a mark on God as well. And everything that we go through leaves a mark on those that love us and that we love and the things that are, the people that we love go through, leave a mark on us. Right. But it, we're not to be ashamed of these marks, these scars, because they're a, 
a testimony to the fact that we have lived, we have loved, we have healed, and that we've been resurrected, reborn in that. We've been reborn through that love. And that when things of great purpose happen, when we are reborn in that way, it's profound and it will always leave a mark. And that this particular time period, we're moving through this exact, you know, Christian calendar of being shown the marks of love and being reminded that it is part of the path to being made new and that we get to keep that wisdom, right? This is like the South node energy. And when we think about it that way, it's like part of our to be, to contribute the way that God wants us to contribute is to not be afraid to share that testimony and show our marks, show our scars and the wisdom that we bring with it. And so when we think about the theme of abandonment, that leaves a mark. And it's a, it's a wound that a lot of us function out of all the time, each and every day. And it's time for us to take inventory of those scars and start accessing the wisdom and the realization that we were never abandoned. That God, even when God went silent that Saturday between Good Friday and the day that he rose, we were never left. We were never abandoned. And so can you imagine what our world would look like if each and every one of us actually knew that, knew that we were always loved, never left, fully supported. Even when things go quiet, we are not alone. Even in the darkest Good Friday of our life, we are not alone. And there is purpose. And Sunday is coming. We will rise again in a new version of ourselves as long as we can access that wisdom and use that as a testimony for others. Because that's how they became believers is by witnessing the scars. And so this demands a lot of us. And that's why I say May is a rabbit hole because it's so dimensional, multidimensional. We have so many different timelines playing in here. We have historical for our country, for those of us who are U.S. citizens. We have that coming in for our country. We have familiar, our own DNA that we're moving through. We have it inside of our financial systems, inside of our corporate systems, inside of our political systems, inside of our religious systems. All of it being exposed and expunged, right? We have it inside of our own lives, inside of our own, the things that we've created and woven into this. We're, we're breaking it down in our collective DNA as well as our individual DNA. This is big. And it is something that will leave a mark. But we have to remember what that really means. The, the real meaning behind those scars, love, wisdom, rebirth, that we now stand in a place, not of victimhood. Look at my scars, poor me. No, it is. This is, this is my, my proof of love. This is my proof of my faith. This is my proof of God. 
and that I get to live another day and be reborn again. Right. But be reborn in the, in more of the image of God and how God wishes us to be here to honor one another, love one another, be vulnerable with one another, show each other our scars, be there to hug and acknowledge the other person for what they've achieved, right? So that's my sermon, (laughs) my sermon for May. But so as I when I opened up this new deck, this Alice deck that I got, and I've been shuffling it for a couple of days now, this card kept popping up over and over again. And it is one of the major arcana cards. It's the the card of eight. It's the card of strength. We've got our little dandelion there from the garden that Alice goes in. And there's a special kind of strength that is required to be bold and courageous inside of your own path, your own healing work, um, to kind of stand alone in that. Um, that's a different kind of strength than the kind of strength that we perceive in the power that is more aggressive and violent and weaponized um, the, the, the kind of strength that takes from another, that's not the kind of strength we're talking about. And what I find interesting too, about this is that it is, um, the number eight, which is very Torian. Um, it's the manifestation on the earth plane kind of feeling to it. Uh, it is where spirit meets, um, science. It is where, you know, we, we bring it forth. Um, into the world. And it's very close to, you know, eight being the number before resolution, which is nine. Um, but it is very earthly in its, in its feeling and being able to complete karma, um, and, and bring it forward into the world. I always think turning the eight on its side, that infinity sign, right. And, and this is really the, the energy of that is God's law. What we put out will come back and that we must complete the cycle in order to finish it or it'll just keep coming back. Right. So, you know, that idea of the infinite. So I pulled that card out of the deck because as I was shuffling, it came up twice again. So I'm like, I'm just going to pull that guy out. Um, I do, I haven't looked opened the little guidebook yet. So, um, I'm very interested to see, um, what the description is, because I'm sure it's going to be fun. So let's take a look at that. I need my eyeballs. Traditionally depicting an image of a mighty lion that's been tamed using a soft, compassionate touch rather than brute force. Strength represents gentle persuasion and leading with kindness, kind of like what I was already saying. When you're faced with challenges that seem frightening and insurmountable, strength reminds you to stay calm. Acting out of frustration won't help the situation. Face any obstacles that you encounter with a brave, level-headed collectedness. And if you do, you may just discover that the frightening beast you thought you were up against is no more ferocious than a dandelion. Love that. Okay. So let's see what else we need to consider. I'm getting hot. Let me turn off the heater. Okay. So 
a lot of the messages have already kind of come through um, that that channeling of, of information that I just did. So now we're just kind of asking for some validations or, you know, anything else that we're supposed to focus on for the month of May. Okay, we've got the transformation card that popped up. I, that's very appropriate. <laughs> we have the six of hedgehogs. Well, goodness, I have no idea what that is. So we're going to look that one up, but I love hedgehogs. And, okay, wow, we're getting a lot of the major arcana coming out. So transformation is 13. We've got suspension, which is 12. Um, it's interesting. I mean, these cards have been so well shuffled over and over again. But this one is, was actually one I kept seeing too when I was shuffling. Um, that's the suspension cards where she's upside down inside of the rabbit hole. <laughs> Very appropriate, isn't it? Um, for where we all are right now. Upside down in the rabbit hole. Okay. Judgment, but that came out upside down. We'll pull one more. King of Spears. All right, so that's the Mad Hatter rabbit. So I'll show you the cards as I'm I'm pulling up the the meanings in the in the little book um, because it is the classic illustrations as we remember them. So this being our our lead card here, the strength card with our our little dandelion transformation i feel like that kind of speaks for itself um interesting that it's the, the it's the caterpillar um on the mushroom he's sitting in his little zen position but as we know um he's often toking on his pipe right so i find it funny because i i just i know that microdosing has has become a, a new way of uh transforming um, mental issues and anxiety, depression. Um, they're using it now to heal PTSD and veterans. Uh, it's just interesting when you think about it from the other things that are going on in our world, as far as how these new breakthroughs in science and understanding the mind um, and helping us have these breakthroughs that are a little bit more spiritual in nature. Um, so the transformation being something that can bring a sense of peace and hope because it becomes a greater connection uh, with all things. So let's take a look at what the little guidebook says about our little caterpillar uh, in transformation. Just as the caterpillar transforms into a beautiful butterfly, transformation symbolizes transitions, metamorphosis, and the shift between beginnings and endings. Right now you are going through a defining period of transformation. Look to the example of the wise caterpillar and welcome whatever life brings you with grace. Whether you're starting a new career, relocating to a new home, going through personal interchange, trust that this process will bring you wisdom and happiness. Okay. So this is kind of what I'm talking about. The transformation that we're going through right now is nothing short of a complete and total resurrection, which means we're coming forward in a brand new form, but we bring the wisdom of our scars with us, right? It brings kind of a whole new meaning to healing. And it makes you question right now, I think significantly 
this cancel culture that has arisen. If there is anything that signals abandonment more than cancel culture, I don't know what it is. Okay. We need to think about that too. Okay. I, I, cancel culture is a slippery slope into spiritual bypassing, abandoning yourself. Because if you are choosing to cut something short like that and completely walk away, completely abandon it, then you might not be accessing all of the wisdom or the lessons, the work that needs to get done there. And I'm not saying that we need to stay in abuse, okay? But I'm also saying be careful with this cancel culture because it's kind of this this dose of medicine that says, if it's not peace, if it's not love, if it's not this, if it's not that, then I walk away from it, okay? That's only one side of existence. And although that's the stuff that feels good, and ultimately we're on the journey to alignment with that and sustainable feelings of that, we cannot live a life without the other stuff. Otherwise, we are in denial and we are spiritually bypassing. We're missing it. So I I think we're going to do more on that with the Soul Speakeasy this month. So if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast channel, Soul Speak with Jenny Israel, or here on YouTube, um, go ahead and subscribe before you leave this video. uh, So you will get the alerts when the next Soul Speakeasy comes up, um, because I think that's going to be a kick-ass conversation, if you ask me. So that's our transformation. Suspension is the next card that, oh no, it was the hedgehogs that came out next. All right. So the hedgehogs are in, oh, they are their own suit, the suit of hedgehogs. (laughs) Okay. So do I get an indication of the suit of hedgehogs? Is that in the beginning? And see, this is brand new for me. I wanted to see what the hedgehogs are, if it says it. Um, Flowers, hedgehogs, spears, and teacups. Wands, okay, so the hedgehogs are the pentacles. Representing security, career, duty, and home. Well, that's Taurus. Corresponding with the element of earth. Okay. All right, little hedgehog. So what do you got for us? So we are the six of hedgehogs. Let me show you. Little pink and pink and green hedgehogs, which those colors that it's more of a magenta, which is that's awesome because that's like up here, like that transcendental point. Um, it's the eighth color of the prism. Um, but pink and green generally are that of the heart love and self-healing. Okay. This card indicates that you're in a place of abundance and that it's time to share that wealth with those less fortunate, remembering the people who helped you along the way to your success and share their, share its rewards with them. So this is too, when we think about the, the, the gift in our testimony, the gift in the wisdom of our experience the gift inside of our story of healing, which is our testimony that we can share with another person. Um, This is what I feel in this card. 
Although, because we are in this Taurian energy, you could also be looking at a manifestation of physical abundance, right? So this could be material wealth in some way, could be a new home, um, you know, assets. So thinking about that too, I mean, that's part of this energy, but because we were talking about sharing the rewards really more inside of your being vulnerable inside of your own lessons, your own wisdom, your own willingness to share your story with another, to show your scars and say, I did it. I've been there. I survived. I'm better for it. My door, just my office door just blew open. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so thinking about it from that perspective, right? The Holy spirit just came right in. Okay. So the next card that we pulled was suspension. And that's Alice upside down in the rabbit hole. She's looking at a mirror image of herself and she's upright to us, right? It's interesting. Right? Life is doing this, mirroring things right back at us. The people in our lives mirroring things right back at us. Those things that you know, we, we need to look at, and, you know, this, this potentially, this is kind of the position of the hanged man, right. In the traditional tarot, Alice's imagination and curiosity sent her tumbling down the rabbit hole into an exciting topsy-turvy world of adventure. Suspension represents the importance of taking breaks to explore, dream, and see the world from new perspectives. Suspension encourages you to step outside of your usual routines and familiar perspectives, explore new points of view. Even if you don't adopt them as your own, understanding the world from new angles will make you a well-rounded person. Like Alice, stay curiouser and curiouser. So from the hand in the traditional tarot, the hanged man talks about the fact that, you know, the key to his release is in his new perspective and he's hanging upside down. So this idea of being able to see all the same things, but in a new light and to be able to gain a new perspective, new wisdom through looking at the same thing that we see every single day, but from a brand new perspective and, you know, that our, um, what's the word that I want to use? redemption. Anyway, it's, it's basically that the, the keys to our shackles are in how we view the world and how we're willing to act inside of that wisdom. So very important because as we are moving into something that we've never done before, we're moving into unknown territory and being asked to look at life in a completely new way. Um, that it can also, you know, our ego can take us into the, the victimness of being imprisoned, right. And being trapped. Um, and there's, oh, we can always see our way out of a situation just based on our perspective. Okay. So the next card that came out, I believe was the judgment card, which was upside down. There's our little rabbit and his queen of hearts. Um, outfit, the court, the court attire. So judgment is also uh, major arcana. You can see what like the energy of this is big. I, I mean, these are like, this is like the karmic path. Like when we talk about major arcana shows the major journey through life. The other, the minor suits are just like the day to day, right? So out of all these cards that I picked, the majority of them are major arcana, which says something big about where we are in our path collectively, that this is a moment, 
we are having a moment, right? And so that it's going to leave a mark, but it's going to be for complete and total rebirth. So we have to think about it from that perspective, not the scary stuff, right? Like it's going to be hard. It's going to hurt. It's so scary. I'm going to hide inside the rabbit hole instead of coming out the other side. Well, you're just postponing the inevitable one way or another. You're coming out the other side. It's just, are you going to do it proactively and of your own accord, moving yourself through this work with faith and trust and wisdom, realizing everything that has brought you to this moment are all the tools you need to get through it. You have everything you need. Even though it's something that feels unknown, you're completely prepared for it because you've done a lot of things right up to this moment. And you are here on time and on purpose. Okay, so judgment upside down. While the right white rabbit blows his trumpet to announce the arrival of the queen of hearts, the tarot judgment announce the tarot card judgment announces the arrival of an important realization. Judgment marks the time to make amends for past blunders or wrongdoings and forgive yourself. So there is the purge of the ancestral stuff, right? This is a correction, a time of correction of those imbalances that we've been living through for generations, right? Reversed, like a blaring trumpet, you're being called to embrace something new, but potentially could be ignoring it. Sometimes judgment reversed represents that you're being too hard on yourself and that it's time to silence your inner critic and embrace yourself for who you are. Other times judgment reversed can mean that you're refusing to embrace a personal realization that's right in front of you, trying to get your attention as boisterously as a trumpet. Let go of limiting beliefs, ideas, and behaviors that you've outgrown and allow yourself to bloom. I mean, this is, this is rebirth, right? This is how we get inside of our own heads and we become afraid. So we stand in our own way. We are in repetitive states of denial. Um, to try to protect ourselves from the thing that's coming for us. And, and like I, I say this all the time, guys, the stuff that's coming for you are things you prayed for. So let's try not to repeat the same mistakes that you were praying to get yourself out of <laughs> in the first place, right? So my feeling about this reversed card is that there's some victim energy here and you might be wallowing a little bit right? We all might be wallowing in that little bit of, oh, this sucks. I hate this. It hurts. Poor me. Why am I here? Why, why is this happening to me? Right? Like, so first of all, you have to remember it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Okay. Number one, number two, make sure that you have a healthy separation between your experiences and someone else's. Okay. I'm not saying that we can't be shrapnel in somebody else's implosion or explosion, <laughs> but it potentially has nothing to do with us. We may have just been connected to that situation so we could observe and learn from it, okay? But it's happening for someone else. So making sure that there's a, a healthy separation there in your consciousness, it's not all about you. As much as we want everything to be about us, it's not. Okay. And so where are you adding drama into your life? Where is there an injection of drama? That's another really important thing to consider. 
And this is where we feed the victim and we feed the ego. And right now we, we are better off not doing that. Okay. The voice of opposition, which is the voice of God and your higher self and the universe coming in is that, that opposes the victim energy and says, pick yourself up, put your big boy, big girl panties on and get out there and own it. Do the work. Okay. So the last card that we pulled here is the King of Spears. There's our little Mad Hatter rabbit, the tea party. King of Spears. I already said this. King of Spears. Flowers, Hedgehog, Spears. Swords. Duh. <laughs> the suit of Spears represents action, judgment, power, and intellect. Okay. The air. This is the mind. This is the ego. Right. So this is a good timing for this card to come in. We were just talking about the, the ego. So King of Swords, King of Spears, King of Spears represents the shrewd calculating person who commands respect like the March Hare. He has a very assertive way of communicating, not easily moved by the emotions of others. His tarot advises you to be clear, focused, and confident in your interactions with other people. Okay. My feeling is that we are a balanced person when we are using our intellect and our emotions, right? So it's like, we've got the brain and the brain and the heart working together, right? So those two things, but, and there are times where this, the mind, the power of our mind and our will, the wisdom of our situation, I'm talking higher. Okay. Like above what our ego is saying to us, <laughs> the higher mind, right? When we have, when we have really refined this in our refinement, we become king, right? And our refined way of moving through this very emotional time is to not get swept away by those lower vibrational emotions that put us into victimhood or someone else's not letting someone else sweep us away, right? So we have to remember too, others are functioning in drama as well and not allowing ourselves to get swept away by that to really stand strong. This is a different level of strength, okay? Sometimes it's knowing when to be quiet and say nothing, right? That takes a, a certain, a, a different kind of strength and wisdom. So those are our cards from Alice. So let's close up the video with, I'm just going to pull a single card from our, when my soul whispered Oracle love that needs no explanation. Does it doesn't love that. It looks like the snowflakes. I don't know. For those of you who are familiar with Dr. Ramoto's experiments uh, of water, go check it out. Um, the crystallization of water molecules when the word love is written on it, spoken to it, beamed at it, um, just beautiful and fascinating. So I'll let you do that's your homework. Go look up Dr. Emoto water experiments, love. Okay. So 
that needs no further explanation. So let's pull a card from Robbie's deck, be your own oracle, which is really important right now. Your, your inside voice and, and refining that inside voice. Get back to the present. So important right now. I, I mean, one of the things that Torians are really good at is being in the here and now. It's like the meat and potatoes of the moment. Like, being present, being grounded, being on earth, right? Being present when things are go moving all around is one of the best ways to stay out of the busyness inside of our minds, all those questions that want to take us backwards and forwards and everywhere but the now, right? This is what spiritual bypassing is about not being right here, right now, inside of the feelings that you're having inside of the opportunity that's in front of you has been, is a gift. And it's been presented to you for a reason, not for you to tuck your tail and run away from it. And if you've run, now's the time to stand up and face it again. Right? So in this present moment, we're not running from everything, anything, and we're not chasing anything. We're just here. We're facing down what is right with us, right in this moment. And that takes away the stress, all of the, the guilt and the shame and the, and the questioning of what was, and we can't change it, or the, the fear of the unknown that we haven't gotten to yet. All the what ifs. Right now, the here and now, this is where you can make a difference. And this month is going to challenge you to stay present because there's going to be a lot going on and there is peace in the moment. Even if it's not a peaceful growth opportunity, let's say that when you let go of all of the other things, you free yourself. Okay. So I hope this resonated. I know it's a long one. Um, I knew I would have a lot to say um, for this. I knew there would be a lot to work through um, in this, this video, but I am sending you all love and prayers and light. And, and I'm telling you, you can do this. You can do this. And you're going to thank yourself for it because this is your moment. This is your moment to embrace those marks. Let life make a mark on you because it's going to change you forever for the better. Love you guys. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Soul Speak. I'm Jenny Israel, medical intuitive, energy healer, spiritual activator, counselor, and teacher. You can learn more by following me on Facebook or Instagram at Jenny Israel CPC. That's Jenny Israel and then the letter CPC. If you would like to receive more messages from Spirit directly to your mailbox, visit JennyIsrael.com, scroll down to the bottom, and subscribe to my newsletter. You can also contact me through my website or social media to set up a one-on-one -on -one session or to check out my upcoming spiritual development classes. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please help support my show by giving it a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Spirit and I will speak to you again soon. Blessings and light to all.